Welcome, and thanks for joining us for the Relate Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Sunstead, and I'm glad you're here. Today, we continue our conversation about how to stay emotionally healthy during these unexpected, challenging stay-at-home days because of the coronavirus. And even as I mentioned staying emotionally healthy while at home, I'm aware of and grateful for the medical workers and other essential employees who are still leaving their homes to go out and do their jobs. I know their days are spent away from their loved ones so that we can stay home and stay safe. We are grateful for your work and we are praying for your safety. Relate podcast listeners, would you join me in praying for these heroes? And for those of us who are staying at home, I don't know about you, but I have been experiencing so many different feelings. And this week has been hard as I navigate work, loss, parenting, and relationships over screens. Our hope is that we can share a conversation that makes each of us feel seen and where we can gain access to some tools to help us navigate this unprecedented time. And just like last week, we are not recording in the studio like we're used to, but instead I'm at home and thankfully I'm joined by our friends. I have Benny, Katie, and Eric with me, joining from each of their homes. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, Casey. You know, I made a maybe a jab in the intro, but I'm really thankful to be able to connect with you guys over screens. So good to be, in quotes, with you. You too, Casey. <laughs> I waved, so that tells you how, <laughs> how in touch with reality I am. <laughs> You waved. We're listening to this over your phone. I waved on the podcast. Oh, well, on the previous episode, we talked about naming and welcoming our feelings. I know there's so many of those feelings popping up these days. Sometimes we flip flop feelings and moods three and four times a day. And I read an article this week that suggested listing out the things that we have lost and are grieving in this season and also listing out the things we're grateful for. So I thought we could start our conversation by sharing one of each of those things. What's one thing you've lost because of the stay at home season that you're currently grieving and what's one thing you've been especially grateful for? That's a great question. I was supposed to go on a serving trip to Jordan this past month now. It was in March. And so that's been a big loss. I've gone there. This would have been my fourth trip. And so it's become sort of a regular part of my rhythm is to to lead a serving trip there. So I felt like a pretty big loss. Just really sad that we weren't able to go there, but also grateful for the wisdom that we didn't go there because it was right before all the shelter in place stuff got put into place. So I'm grateful that we didn't but also sad that we weren't able to do that. Absolutely. I think I I mentioned last week that I live with two people, my husband and then uh, one of our good friends, and they're both sixes on the Enneagram. So one of the things that I'm super grateful for in this season is that I feel like they've been planning in their heads for pandemics their entire (laughs) lives. (laughs) And so I feel like we have been so well prepared, like toilet paper running out has not even been part of the worries in this household uh, because we are always 
super prepared for everything. So that's been a huge gift. And uh, our roommate, uh, her name's Joy, she has been cooking and that has been such a gift. I just, I feel like I resonate with what Eric was saying last week with the, like we're just functioning out of like the different part of our brain that, and uh, cooking is like a very, takes a lot of energy for me. I enjoy it sometimes, but not after a long day of work. And so yeah, and something I'm so grateful for. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Benny, what about you? Well, I feel like you're going to mention this Casey, but I am grieving the loss of sports yeah. and particularly baseball. Um, the start of the season or the, the expected start of the season was last week. And so I think I sat in the fetal position crying when there were no games here in the Midwest. It was cold. And so it was like, there's no baseball. What am I going to do? Uh, it's a fun fact about me. I, I don't really watch TV. Like people talk about the shows and the things yeah. that they watch. Sure. I legit just watch sports. Like ESPN is always on the TV, whenever it's on. And so I'm mm-hmm. grieving the loss of, of sports. I know that may not be something that's, uh, that's big, but it is huge for me uh, in sports. Uh, or grieving I the hear loss. you. And I, yeah, my husband's the same way. He came down the stairs the day of the Cubs home opener. And he said, do you know what today's supposed to be? <laughs> he was like the saddest little guy. <laughs> uh, me and Matt will always connect about the Cubs. Right? It, just, yeah. Uh, and for our family, it's like one of the ways that we really play together is by going to, to Cubs games together. And I'm just sad to not be texting with my mom about the Cubs or checking to see who's on the mound or it's, it's surprising to me how much I miss it. I don't go to the games until about June because you know, it's cold. Yeah. I let the (laughs) kids go with the tickets, but I miss, I miss just the the chatter about the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. I am missing sports. I mean, baseball, football. I mean, this is, this is the best time of the year. Uh, we just moved past March Madness, and so missing yeah. the entire, entire tournament, just just all of those ways you connect with people through sports. Uh, I think the thing, though, that I'm grateful for in this season, uh, well, there's two things. One is just the ability to be able to slow down. Uh, this has almost caused a force uh, slowdown, at least for me personally. Uh, I am typically go, go, go. What's the next thing? I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So it's like the more we can do, the more we can go out and have fun, the better. Um, So there's a forced slowdown. And Mm -hmm. really, there's been some really quality time uh, with my wife. I don't have kids. So I know many of you have talked about, you know, kids, game night. Casey, I think you guys are having game night every night with your family and with your kids, but there's been some really great quality time with my wife, just being able to reflect back on, you know, the five years we've been married as well as sort of plan and think about the future and and what our lives will look like. And so really Mm -hmm. grateful for, for that time and space. That's awesome, Benny. To add, like baseball was my, my thing I'm grieving. I'm grieving a lot of things and some of them are more serious than that, but I've, I've really been feeling the absence of baseball. Similar to you, Benny, one of the things that I'm feeling really thankful for is so many meals together. Now I wish I had a, a joy that was cooking some of them for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm doing 
all the cooking, which I normally like, but I'm starting to feel really like all I do is cook and do dishes and try to get people to eat the leftovers before I cook again, which is hard. But um, I'm really thankful for the, all the family meals we're having gathered around the table. And um, in that same vein, I'm not packing lunches right now. And that is, has been really nice. So no school lunches, no, no ice packs that I forgot to put in the freezer the night before. Like it's all just at home eating. So it's something I was feeling, feeling thankful for. And what about you, Eric? One kind of personal and one for our family. We, the, the personal was, we were going to plan a really cool road trip and just see a bunch of different cities over our spring break for my kids. And, um, we had just been so excited about it and planned these hotels and this is where we we're going to stop. And then we didn't do any of that. So yeah, yeah. not only that, I ended up working for spring break. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I really, I really decided to blow it on my own. But now the thing I graduate around that is that um, we, I love, I love that there's nowhere for us to go. So when I've been yeah. coming home, our next door neighbors, they have a trampoline in the backyard and they said we can use it whenever we want. And so, a new ritual is developed. I come home and then we, me and my two boys, we jump in the trampoline together for like 45 minutes. And it's just this really cool thing. That's now something we look forward to. And that would have never happened in the past. There'd be some practice or even like a wana or something like that, that we'd be kind of getting ready for. So it just feels so good that we're um, kind of present. I think the other thing too, that I just, that I wanted to share, cause I know more and more people are doing it, but my youngest son, he turned six last week. So we were kind of sad about that because that's a big yeah. birthday and we wanted yeah. to have lots of kids over. And these are, these are our kids. And so we want them to have these like good memories. And so what we did was we did a drive-by birthday and we invited his uh, his friends and their parents to drive by. And I, it was beyond touching to see how people showed up. Like they mm-hmm. had signs pasted to their car, balloons out the like sunroof. I mean, it was just so cool. So there's some, I just have some gratitude for just the best parts of humanity that come yeah. out sometimes. It's like, like a this. tangible picture of mm-hmm. seeing people responding to you guys being bummed about his birthday, maybe being less than people are like, yeah. nope, we got this. We got this together. And it's so cool. Yeah. Very yeah. special. And now it's one he'll probably remember like literally the rest of his life. Like remember well, that he, one birthday? <laughs> yeah, he he literally says he's like this is the best. I mean, he's only six, so he hasn't he has a huge <laughs> huge, repertoire huge number to things. choose from. But you know, he's like he's like this is the best birthday I've ever had. And <laughs> and, he, and even like my, I mean, my wife is so good with this stuff. But she called the the fire station, and they brought a whole fire engine down Whoa. our block. So Aww. it's just these like cool, create. Of course, you know, you know, I'm I'm the, the OCD. And he's like, what do the neighbors think of that? And she's like, who cares? <laughs> like, right. We're doing it's a six years birthday. They thought yeah. it was awesome. And I'm like, okay, this I, yeah. But just things like that, and just how how neat we're getting creative, and it's just the simple things that we can find such joy in now. So. It's it really is neat. I hear lots of stories as a therapist about people doing these kind of unseen acts of service for each other, and there's some really neat stuff happening out there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners too, as they listen to our examples, are also reflecting for themselves, just thinking, what's something that I um, have lost and I'm grieving, and and then also, what's something that I can be grateful for in this season mm-hmm. that we didn't expect to happen. So, we invite you to think of your own examples as well. So last episode, we talked about just some practical things for staying healthy emotionally in this season. 
And we talked about staying connected with others and welcoming our feelings. And that was a great place to start. But this week, I want to just continue the conversation, giving our listeners and, and each other some practical tools for what are some ways we can stay healthy. We've compiled a list of some helpful tips to keep us on track with our emotional health during this time. And so, Eric, I'm just going to um, hand it over to you to kind of help our listeners consider the first helpful tip. Well, I think the first helpful tip, the, uh, the general area for us to think about is around boundaries. I think we're realizing this is not going to be a sprint. This is much more of like a marathon or, yeah. or a minimum half marathon. So that's a good point. Like, I think that maybe that's exactly where we are right now in it. Like we're just now realizing we got through the first couple weeks of it and maybe we're running on adrenaline and now we're realizing we need to maybe put our sights a little longer for survival. Right. Yeah. And in fact, the, the marathon, that's kind of a good example for anyone that's run long distances, but a very common mistake is that out of the enthusiasm and like, I'm just going to do it, you start too fast. Yeah. And, and then at some point you start to really experience a lot of pain because you're starting to burn out because this is going to uh, not end tomorrow or we have to think about our own self-care. And the example that, that we talk about in our practice is, you know, on an airplane, whenever you, you know, we're not flying much these days, but if you can remember yeah. the last time you took a flight, <laughs> um, they always go through that example of you got to put on your own oxygen mask first, even though, and then those around you which can seem to go against the grain because no, I, I should really do those that I love first, but there's a better chance of everyone making it out well if you first take care of what you're gonna need. Yeah. And, and, and this is, and so like a little bit we talked about in, that, in our last episode is that it's so easy to think, to really make ourselves think we're gonna overperform or set these unrealistic expectations or I'm gonna do things perfectly and it can feel almost like an honor that we're completely sacrificing our needs for that of our family because this yeah. is such a, a certain kind of period. So I think the I think the thing we need to think about is how do we take care of ourselves and, and how do we uh, focus on our self-care and how do we slow down? And I want everyone just kind of the picture I want to leave is imagine that your life is like a scale. And you want to think about what's what's or maybe not a yeah, scale, but like what's weighing you down? And what, what helps lighten it up? And if you're yeah. finding that everything you're doing is just adding weight to the scale, it's weighing you down, and there's nothing to balance that out, we, you got to just think about that. Because there is real energy to all this fear, and it can have kind of a subconscious effect over time, and you can start to carry a lot of burden. So whatever brings life, like the trampoline with me and my kids, that brings me life. It helps to release some of the heaviness I can feel at the end of the day. But yeah. we have to be intentional. It will not happen on its own. And it's each of our own responsibility to do it for ourselves, but also for to care better for those around us. Yeah. And when you were talking about the sprint versus the marathon, I've noticed in my own um, way I'm relating with my family. At first, it felt really life-giving to me to like do a lot of things for them because I felt like they were making all these adjustments and grooving all these things, as was I. But it was life-giving to me. I was doing a lot. And then I kind of hit a wall, like I can't do, I can't sustain this amount for very long. And we needed to readjust, use the word boundaries. And I think that's probably what I've done. And I've also put up some boundaries with um, how often I want to hear about 
the details of what's going on. I was watching the news every morning and every night, and now I'm not doing that as much. And I would say my husband, for his job, wants to hear about the news more than I do. And I've had to put up some boundaries with that in my house as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, we should have boundaries around that too. There's only so much of the of that news that may be healthy. One thing too that is, this is a little bit of a deeper topic, but a lot of us, if you grew up with certain stressors growing up, um, we can thrive really well in uh, fear and stress. It can feel really comfortable. Like we know how to rise to the occasion, but yeah. that still doesn't mean that this is a healthy place to be. You know, like so. You know, a lot of my, a lot of clients, a lot of recovering addicts, oh, they know how to get compulsive. They know how to get really amped up, but that still isn't necessarily the healthy thing. And so much of what's on the media is meant to get you amped up and is meant to increase the drama you're feeling. And yeah, Casey, kind of what we talked about, you know, before is that it's totally okay to tell to just not continue the conversation. And we yeah. don't need to worry. We don't have to talk about COVID-19 for eight hours a day because other people do. We can decide uh, where we want to focus that and, and just everyone should feel okay about doing what's right for them with that. Thanks, Eric, for giving us our first tip. Just think through some of the boundaries that are helpful. Katie, why don't you give our listeners tip number two? Yeah, our next tip is kind of along the same lines of what Eric was talking about with just keeping the scales balanced. When we're thinking about self-care, obviously, Boundaries are really important, um, but when we're thinking about how do we kind of uplift ourselves, just an easy way to do that is to just do something that you enjoy, which sounds really simple. And I know there's like a lot of things like watching baseball or going <laughs> to a Cubs game that are the normal things that you enjoy in the season and maybe you're not able to do that, but to really just identify some of the ones that still remain and really make those a priority can really just help like uplift your day. So like, I know for me, one thing is like just sunshine. I love sitting in the sunshine. And so every day that the sun has shined in this stay at home thing, which has not been very many <laughs> I'm outside and I'm on my porch for any time I can be in between meetings. And it's just amazing at how much, happier and healthier I feel when I just do that little thing that I enjoy. So I think that's my encouragement for people to find one thing each day that they enjoy and just do it for the sake of enjoyment. What about you guys? Do you guys have anything that you have like rediscovered because of this season or um, identified as this is something that makes my day better? Yeah. I mean, Katie mentioned, I'm sitting here like with the Kool-Aid smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Just because like, I, you know, I don't have baseball, I don't have sports, but I actually enjoy keeping my car clean. And I think I've been to the car wash <laughs> maybe four days this week already. Like it doesn't even need to be clean. I'm not going anywhere or doing anything. But like, nope, let me go out. You can social distance while trying the water off and every day it's like man i feel so much better i feel accomplished today so and you're like awesome. putting dirt on your car so I you know. can go and get it washed like a drive by in a yeah. truck come on splash some splash some dirt on it just so i can go clean it so wait car washes are open car washes people still need their cars clean i mean yeah. and you can social distance yeah. you never get out your car unless you're like drying it but you mm -hmm. just stay six six feet apart so i feel like that's kind of a good tip for parents like if your kids are going crazy and you it's little kids love being in the car where you get to ride through the car wash it's 
Kids, entertainment. Just uh, make sure they don't open the windows. I'm sorry, Casey. <laughs> the only thing I would say is be sure that they're not taking a nap before you go through the car wash and then they wake up in the car wash because that could be terrifying that they would need a lot of counseling for any years of their life. So just make sure they're awake before you go through the car wash. This is, this is wisdom from my wife who's still terrified of car washes. Oh, <laughs> she woke up from taking a nap when they were going through the car wash. So, Wait, when she was a little kid or when, when you when guys she were... she was a little kid. Oh, so okay. still today, she does not drive through a car wash. If she That's goes, hysterical. it's because I'm driving the car through the car wash. Mm. Cool. Good tips. Good tips, Benny. Thank you. Very practical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this next tip comes from me. And I have noticed this so much for myself. Now, um, if you guys are Enneagram fans, you'll, you'll know... Um, I am a two. And so this is about to sound the most two thing you've ever heard me say, but I've noticed it's something that really helps me to um, have a, have a good day and to um, kind of keep my eyes lifted up is on a day where I get to do something for someone else where I can help someone. And Mm -hmm. so that's our tip. Number three is look around and consider what can you do even in your current circumstances where you can help someone whether it's a friend who um, has lost their job or lost the ability to work in this season, can you on your next grocery run, bring them an extra bag of groceries or you guys, the other day I was out on my walk listening to the advice about um, that getting outside Katie, a little bit of sun. And I found this dog started chasing me and my dog and I walked it all the way home. I, I kept like encouraging it to come with us on our walk. And I, um, got it to a place where I could get my dog back home and then look at her collar. And I called her owners and um, had them come and pick her up and they were concerned and were looking for her. And I was happy for the rest of the day because I got to help someone and make their day better. And so I've just been really paying attention to that and thinking like, I'm not going to, most likely I'm not going to be able to do like some big sweeping grand gesture for someone every day, but to consider who is it that might need help and what are, what are some ways that I can meet their needs? Whether it's like Benny talked about last week, reaching out to someone with a um, video call or um, whatever it might be a small thing for someone inside your house, but to think about um, serving or helping others, I think in the considered with all these other tips is something that can really be helpful. Yeah. I know a lot of like neighborhoods have like neighborhood Facebook pages. And sometimes in those neighborhood Facebook pages, things are posted like what Eric did for his kid where, Hey, my kid's having a birthday party. Would everyone in the neighborhood be willing to drive by and honk their horn? Like that's a great way of making somebody else's day without, it doesn't cost you money. It doesn't break any social distancing rules, but you can literally serve the people around you just by participating in a birthday celebration with the drive by. So, I mean, I think that's awesome. And for the record, my wife did it all. Just <laughs> Eric, I was trying to give you a little love. I was yeah, no, I know. But trust, trust, I'll, I'll take the pain now, not later. So. <laughs> another, another way we can um, help people maybe is my daughter has been helping my mom with technology a ton. And so maybe you know somebody who is feeling less connected because they don't have that help and you can 
just call them and check up on them or um, see if there's some ways you can talk them through the new technology because I know I've learned about three or four different platforms because of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Casey, one thing you said too, someone said this to me this morning too. They said they're trying to really focus on treating people like people mm. and not objects. Mm. Meaning, you know, sometimes we might hire a plumber and we're in a time where it's more than just a plumber now. It's a person that's going to do stuff too. And so I think and there's something about the way this guy, this uh, friend said it. And it's like, yeah, everyone's a person and everyone's trying to continue to work. Everyone's trying to do what they got to do. And that's just a, a good thing to remind, to remind ourselves, you know? So if we order food, that person delivering the food to you is also looking to, you know, you know, that's their livelihood. So can we give them a bigger tip? It's not just about me getting my food. It's like, this is a real person also going through the, everything with COVID-19 that's on my doorstep. And what, what does that mean in that moment? And I think Casey, that's what you're saying. Those are the small ways we can really make, have these little small impacts on people that really add up. It makes me feel more like th- this, we're in this together thing mm-hmm. when I do little things like that. And, and I love what you said about treating people like people. Like you're not a delivery guy, you're a person. That's so good. Okay, Katie, want to bring us our next tip? Yeah, this is another one too, where I think it's just, again, falls probably under the subcategory of self-care, but it's just really important. And uh, again, especially since this is really becoming a, a marathon and it's not a sprint anymore, I think just being aware of your body is really important. So what you're feeding your body, what you're drinking, if you're drinking enough water each day, staying hydrated, um, whether you're breathing. I know for me, when I get stressed, I tend to hold my breath, which is really counterproductive. Um, So just to be mindful of that, doing exercise, or just doing any sort of practice that makes you more aware of your body. Like, are you, where are you holding tension? Uh, I know I mentioned last week that I've been kind of doing holy yoga and that's been a really just meaningful practice for me because I've just become so much more aware of how connected like my body, my soul and my spirit are through the, the practice of holy yoga. And I'm just realizing how much stress I hold in my body. And I think this is one of those seasons where, again, when we're just kind of pushing through and using our adrenaline to get through the early days of this, it it was okay in some ways to kind of like eat a couple extra snacks or, you know, have a glass of wine at the end of the night. But now that we're moving into this is actually a longer term thing. It's just important to be mindful of like how we're feeding our bodies and what we're putting into our bodies, but then also how we're exercising and keeping our bodies healthy Um, because how our bodies feel affects also then our mental health as well. And especially now that the weather's like we're moving into spring and the weather's getting a little better. I think it's, there's some really easy ways, like just going for a walk every day or yeah, just playing on the trampoline with your kids like Eric is doing. If we can get our bodies moving, I think it can really help just in a lot of ways. But I think the other thing too that I've been aware of is like where I work, like we have offices in different places and each meeting is in a different location. And like now that all my meetings are on a computer, I'm like in the same room all day. And so 
one thing I've just been challenging myself with is like to try and like walk around in between meetings because that's exercise I wasn't aware that I was even getting before yeah. this, but yeah. now that I'm not getting it, I, I feel like my body can feel that. And so that's just like another thing to be mindful of, of like, what are the ways that you normally get exercise that you probably didn't even realize, but now that you're literally in the same building all day, what are some ways you can be a little more intentional? So true, Katie. Thanks for the reminder that our, you know, this is a episode about how to stay emotionally healthy and you're talking about our bodies because they absolutely are connected. And I'm so grateful for that reminder. Mm-hmm. Benny, bring us home with our last tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you just were mentioning the idea of just our, our emotions and our body are interconnected. I think our spirit, we're, you know, our spirit is connected in there as well. And I think the tip uh, that I would give is just this idea that we get an opportunity to uh, strengthen our prayer life. And it's interesting because Katie just mentioned uh, this being aware of our body. And even in prayer, you can be aware of your body. You know, one of the things I've loved in this season and have been doing is, is this idea of centering prayers. Uh, and I know we got some friends here that are part of our church. They have something called the practice where every single day they're offering these rhythms of prayer, where in the morning there is a centering rhythm of prayer, where it's breathing, you're connecting with your body and you're connecting with God. There's a midday prayer and then there's an evening prayer. So during this time of disruption, what does it look like to pray, to actually have intentional time set aside to pray? And so I love that. And maybe we can include that information in the show notes afterwards, but it's just a great practice uh, of praying. You know, our, as we've been listening to the news of of COVID-19 and listening to leadership, you know, there's been interesting language that's been used around this time of calling it wartime. You know, we're in a wartime Mm -hmm. with this disease and this virus. And so what's been helpful for me in this idea of even strengthening my prayer life is I just went back to the scripture and looked at, Uh, Jesus in a time of war. And I think the time that we would say is one of the hardest times of Jesus was the night before Good Friday, the night before he was to be crucified. We see Jesus praying. And so I think prayer is a great way to center us, to bring us, uh, to bring us hope in this time. And we even see Jesus all throughout his life, not even the night before Good Friday, but there were many times throughout his life where in the morning, early in the morning, Jesus would go away to pray. When pressure was on, when everybody was pulling on him, he would break away to pray to center himself. And so I think prayer is a great way of doing that. And then just some practical ways of doing that. You know, we're in this time where we're constantly washing our hands. We're constantly putting on hand sanitizers or gloves (laughs) or masks. What would it look like to every time that we wash our hands or every time that we put hand sanitizer or put gloves on to go do something that we offer a prayer? that we pray for, uh, for ourselves, for health and strength, but we also pray for our neighbors and for our family. What a great opportunity that we have to sort of strengthen our prayer life and to bring in this practice uh, of prayer. And so that would be my, my tip is uh, doing this time to, to strengthen our prayer life. Thanks so much, Benny. And as you were talking about that, I heard um, you suggesting some like new rhythms some new ways where you could engage your prayer life. And I realized that so many of the ways that I was carving out quiet for myself during the day, 
to center myself are now gone because of the complete different rhythm that's in my home. And so it's a good reminder for us that if we've, um, if those rhythms have been taken away or aren't as successful to us that we can find some new ones because as we said this is something we need to um, find solutions for kind of a long run here so thanks Benny well thanks so much for this conversation you guys thanks for engaging and helping us think through ways that we can stay emotionally healthy in this new reality that we're faced with our hope for our listeners is that they feel less alone and more equipped to walk through this season with health Just like always, we have some discussion questions for you to consider. Our hope is that you connect with a friend or loved one and share back and forth about your experience with this topic. We believe a richness comes from knowing and being known. So reach out to someone to talk through these questions with. I'll read each question for you now and give you a moment for reflection. Question number one. We started this conversation by sharing one thing we are grieving and one thing we're thankful for. Take a moment to do the same. One grief and one gratitude. What do you think the benefit is of naming these during this season? And question two, what's one activity that you still have access to that really brings you joy? How can you make room for this activity to be part of your new routine? What obstacles do you need to work through to make this happen? And question three, who is someone that you could help this week? Is it a friend who needs encouraging? Maybe a grandma who needs help with technology? Find time on your calendar to plan this out and make a plan for it to happen. Question four, what ways can you take care of your body that feel the most natural to you? Is it taking a walk? Maybe trying holy yoga? Following an online workout with a friend? Or being more mindful of nutrition as you choose your food? Remember your body and your emotions are deeply connected. And lastly, question five, What role has prayer played for you in this season? What do you need to share with God right now? Have you told him how you're feeling? Have you asked him for what you need? Spend some time today doing just that. We're so glad you joined us for this conversation about emotional health during this COVID-19 crisis. We hope it was helpful and we want you to know you are not alone. We would love to hear from you about your experience. Find us on social media and share in the comments, or you can always email us at relate at willowcreek.org. Our listeners are part of our conversation, so we invite you to join us.